Life Audio. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Today, we have the privilege of hearing from one of my very favorite people. Ann Dunnigan has had a huge impact on my life and on my family since before I could call her friend. She and John have been at most of our events through the years because their message about mission-minded families is one that we believe so strongly in. You're in for a real treat today. Anne is the mom of seven and grandma of 17. She and her husband, John, are the founders of Harvest Ministries, which has been focused on global missions since 1987, winning souls, equipping national missionaries, pioneering more than 500 village churches and loving orphans, currently caring for more than 1,200 children in Africa and Asia. She homeschooled all seven of her children all the way through and collectively with her family, Anne has shared the light of Jesus in more than 120 nations on every continent. You're in for a real encouragement today as Anne shares with us some keys for mission-minded families. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining us again. Welcome back to the podcast today. Oh, I love you, Leslie. And it is just a joy to be here with all of the Teach Them Diligently family. God bless you all. Well, thank you so much. Now, I know that God has allowed you guys to to kind of split your time a little bit. You've got some work going on in Hawaii and offering some hospitality and things like that. And then you're you're bouncing back and forth to family in the Pacific Northwest. Where does, you know, where do you find yourself right now? At the moment, we are in Washington State. We are watching four of our grandkids for a few days while our kids are going on a trip. And we're about three-fourths of the time based in Kona, Hawaii, and then about a quarter of the time based in the Northwest, and then wherever else the Lord would call us to go. So, so awesome. Before we dive in and, and talk really specifically about families and mobilizing families and just kind of getting a mission mindedness to your family. Can you tell us a little bit about how God is using you and your family right now, both through what you're doing through Harvest Ministries, through your your place in Kona? And, you know, kind of how is how is God working right now? Well, one of the things that is beautiful is as we plant seeds they begin to grow and they begin to get roots and then they begin to, you know, even reproduce on their own. And so like there are, you know, things that are happening right now. We have national missionaries that are, you know, that Harvest Ministry is partnering with all over the world. And, you know, we are getting updates of baptisms and church plantings. And, you know, we have orphan ministries in Africa and Asia. And these things are continuing to grow and now we're like checking up on them. It's like our our children, we have seven kids. They're all grownups. They're all married. They're all now having their own homes, their own families. And just to see our children raising their children for Jesus, it is such a joy. So what I kind of want to share some things today is when we went back at the beginning, when we were planting seeds and getting going to encourage you precious mommies and dads that are listening, that as you plant the seeds of the word of God, those seeds 
are powerful. Mm. God's word is powerful. God's truth is powerful. And so as we instill those into the hearts of our children, they will grow. Like they, God's word is powerful and true and they will grow and multiply and, you know, new starts can come from the roots. New starts can come from the fruit. And what we are doing right now, we are seeing really just such a beautiful example of the multiplication of seeds that have been planted for decades. Yeah. And that's so exciting. We were talking a little bit before we hopped on here, just kind of catching up with one another. And, you know, the way that God uses things, little ideas, little steps of obedience that we take as parents, where we have no idea what he is doing with them. And then when you see in your adult children, how God is using those things and he is, he's, he's making them new in ways that you would never imagine. It's one of the most exciting and emotional things that I have experienced just to see God take those little things and make them so much more than I would have ever imagined. Yes, it's beautiful. Yeah, I um, I, w- I want everybody to get just a little bit of a picture of kind of where you guys came from before we dive in and get real practical for families. I remember reading your book, Mission-Minded Families, back, this was before we started Teach Them Diligently, And it was so impactful for me to see radical steps of obedience that you and John were taking just from, you know, right from the beginning of your relationship. And then to see how practically you were acting out this mission mindedness every step of the way. I personally learned an awful lot about it as I was a young mom at that time when I read it. Can you tell us a little bit of your story of how God got a hold of you to you know, when you were first married or getting married, and then how he kind of instilled this desire for having a mission-minded family, being a mission-minded couple. Well, both John and I grew up in strong Christian homes. My mom led me to Jesus when I was about three years old, and it was a deep, fervent commitment in Jesus. I, I was eight years old with my parents at a family camp when the Lord showed me some, ver- like, it just kind of directed me to read in the book of Jeremiah. Don't say I'm just a youth, but you will go to whoever I will call you to go. And there were similar things in John's life as well. He grew up on a farm and his parents deeply loved Jesus. His dad passed away about 20 years ago, but his mother, a mother of nine children, she actually just recently passed away at the age of 97. And are we? I, I think you can see the video. Those of you that can watch on the video, this is a picture of my precious mother-in-law, uh, mom, Grandma Dunnigan is what we all called her. But she just passed away at ninety-seven. And as we had the funeral to celebrate her life, it was just so beautiful how the resounding words about her life was that Grandma lived all in. And I remember a story that John often tells in our Mission-Minded Families workshop is how did John get a heart for missions was one time there were missionaries from the Amazon that were coming to his little country church and the family was inviting them over for dinner. And his mom and dad wanted to have something to give to the missionaries, but nine kids on a farm, they didn't have much money. And so his dad was like, we need to sell a couple cows. 
And his mom was like, okay, well, let's do it. So they, you know, John saw his parents taking these cows to the auction and getting the money. And they had this like roll of cash. And when the missionary came into their, into the, into the yard, you know, outside in front of the house, his dad, you know, gave him right off the bat this handful of cash and said, this is for you. And the missionary said, Oh, thank you, Tom. And, you know, put it in his pocket. Didn't even count it. Yeah. But John knew the sacrifice that had been made. And there was something that stirred inside of John's heart. He ran to his room and got this little jar, you know, that he had been saving um, and poured out all these like, you know, dollars and coins, just poured them out in front of the missionary on the dining room table and just said, could you use this for missions? If missions is this important to mom and dad, it needs to be important to me. And so when John and I first met, actually just right out of high school, something that really stood out to me was John just had such a passion to lead people to Jesus. Like as he was going to college, he's like passing out tracks and talking to people about Jesus. And and he just really challenged me, you know, you need to share the gospel even more. And like, I had a deep passion for Jesus, but I remember in college, like in a speech class, giving an informative speech about what does it mean to be born again? Huh. And uh, there was, you know, one of the guys in the class talked to me afterwards and it was so precious. We we were walking to this guy that was in my speech class. We ended up kneeling down on the on the parking lot at at University of Washington as this guy was praying to surrender his life to Jesus Christ. So, I mean, everything about John and I, our life has just been we want to live all in for Jesus and to realize that it's all God's. You know, not 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 even just a tie, like, you know, 10% is God's or Sunday is God's day. Like we want to live our lives where we're all in. It's all God's, our entire life, all of our stuff, our home, our money, our cars, just everything would be the Lord's. And there's been a couple of times, um, I, one of the stories that I think you referred to that was kind of influential was when we gave away this last blue lamp. And it's just a story of surrender and and just realizing when we totally surrender to the Lord, you just never know. You never know what is going to happen. And there was a time we lost everything in a house fire. And right after that, we didn't know what was going to happen with the insurance. At that time, we had four children and we thought, okay, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What would make him the most mad right now? And at that time, the Soviet Union was just breaking up, and there was a a church we knew that was doing a mission going into St. Petersburg, Russia, and we're like, let's join that mission trip this week. Like we could just jump on that mission trip, and our we at that particular outreach, our our kids were watched by. My sister-in-law watched our kids and we, John and I went over to Russia and we were passing out Bibles and preaching the gospel. And it's just been really beautiful, really, really beautiful. Hold that thought. We will be right back after a short break. Well, and I, I, 
I so appreciate your sharing that. And I was thinking as you were talking how it should be all of our goal to get to the end of our lives and have someone say that we were all in. We lived all in for Jesus. This summer, I'm talking in our 365 community about single-mindedness, for me to live as Christ, to die as gain, and what that looks like as a parent, what that looks like in your, you know, in your life. And, and that really boils it down. I want my children to know that I am all in, that there is nothing held back from me being totally devoted and totally in the service of the one who gave himself for me and held nothing back on my behalf. And so that I wrote down that grandma lived all in as a, as a good reminder that that's, that's exactly what I once said at my funeral someday is Leslie lived all in. There was nothing held back. And I suspect that for a lot of the moms that are listening in, that is their heart. And so I want to, I want to give you the opportunity now to just kind of share with us some of the things that you've learned through the years that are practically really helpful for us to be all in as an individual, as a family. How, how do we kind of set up our lives in order to be that single minded, all in believer and family on mission? Mm, something I like to say is that a heart for global missions begins here at home. Mm -hmm. And that heart desire for someday for us to get to the end, and the end is not even our funeral. I mean, the end is going to be when we, by ourselves, we are face-to-face with Almighty God. And to realize, we want for the Lord to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And from for us as parents to realize that Jesus, he only lived 33 years on this earth. And for 30 of those years, he was just based at home. Mm -hmm. He was living a simple life of daily obedience. He was eating, he was sleeping, he was building things. He was, you know, in relationship with different people. And he wasn't doing all these mighty great things, even though every time Jesus opened his mouth, it's like, red letter, divine word of God. For 30 years, Jesus was in this hidden place. And something that I just realized about that is when Jesus then went and he was baptized by John the Baptist and he was starting in his ministry, the heavens opened and God just declared from the heavens, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He hadn't done any miracles yet. He hadn't stepped into ministry yet. But everything Jesus had done in those three decades was for the glory of God. So I, I think that is even just a real foundational thing for us to get a hold of as parents and as mothers and as homeschoolers is to realize that this is not a, you know, our kids are not a distraction from the ministry. Our children are our discipleship team. Right. And as we train and teach and raise our children from the heart to love and worship God, um, then that love will extend from our heart, both while we are raising our kids and also later. And so I know those are, we, we have this one, we call it seven keys 
for mission-minded families. And I, I think that might be kind of appropriate right here to, to kind of realize, you know, what are keys for us as families? And the first couple ones are see the cross, see the need, see the end. And like you said, that we want as families to be focused on the cross of Jesus Christ, the gospel, and just the biblical message that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through Jesus Christ. And Jesus gave his life such passion that he had at the cross. And as families, as we keep the cross, see the cross, John often says, you, you don't have to cross the seas to be a missionary. You just need to see the cross. Mm. But but it's not just a flippant little statement like, oh, see the cross, you know, a little cross necklace, a cross coffee cup. It, it is for us to really get a grip of what it meant for Jesus to die on the cross for the sins of mankind and just to realize the greatest thing is our salvation and knowing him. So to see the cross and then as a mission minded family to realize that we see the need. Okay. Our living as a Christian is not just taking care of the kids around our dining room table. We are called to be a light in a dark world and to take this gospel out to our neighbors and the nations and to raise our children, not selfishly where the whole world revolves around them, but to raise our children with a passion to love others and to see needs around the world, whether it's unreached people groups or orphan children or nations, as we're teaching about geography, that we are teaching about the real people in those nations that are trapped in Hinduism or Buddhism or just an ungodly lifestyles. And where we just realize that we train our children to see the needs and then to see the end where we want to live our life with the end in mind, live our life where we see the end and remember that we are living for that audience of one, living for God, and to just obey what he shares with us to do. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the Lord uses all of the time that you are serving him, whether you are serving him and you feel like nobody can see and you feel like you don't ever get out of your house and you're, you know, for so many, especially in the younger years, you just feel like you're just floating along. But the work that you're doing, when you position it and you see the cross, you see the need, you see the end, you see that God is using you mightily. You're laying a foundation that is so important for in your children's lives and the multiplication that God can do one of you into three, four, however many of them. It's phenomenal the way that God uses you every step of the way. And he, I found in my own life, and I'm sure you can attest to this too, he grew me so much as I recognized my need for wisdom, as I recognized my need for strength, as I recognized the magnitude of the mission that he had given me right there where I was planted and the reach that I could have through that, you know, that first step right there. He grew me so much, my faith, my trust, my personal walk with him, that it changed me forever. And I'm so grateful for that. That's so good. Yeah, being a mom, it's sanctifying. Like it is. It, it is. And, and homeschooling, I mean, we do a lot of hard things in the world, but homeschooling can be 
tough. And it, I, I mean, there's sometimes just like a monotony. Sometimes, I mean, you got to shake it up. And that's why it's good to come to homeschooling conferences and learn new things and get, you know, new curriculum. But to just realize that, you know, we, we need to keep doing what we know to do. And so just even the daily disciplines of teaching and training and making disciples at home is just a a beautiful foundation for the gospel. Well, it is. And we're in a world where instant gratification is, you know, what, what we all want. And yet the Lord most often works through, through moments, through individual, this, this growth pattern where you can see it in your rearview mirror and you see so much of what he's done. But sometimes when you're in the weeds, you're missing it. You don't see all the amazing things that God is doing because you're so busy just swatting at all the things. So I just, I really want to encourage everyone to stay the course, to be faithful, to walk worthy every step of the way, because you're going to look back one day and see how God uses those simple steps of obedience that you may have thought was insignificant at the time, but he uses them in ways you'd never imagine. Yeah. I I will say too, that some of the most important things is to worship, but, and, and and not just like going to a worship service, although going and being a part of a local Christian fellowship is something such under attack in our society today. You know, people not going to church anymore, but as we, as a family worship God from, from our heart and realize everything we do from teaching spelling to singing songs, like, you know, for, you know, doing athletic things like this can all be done as worship to the Lord and to be grounded in the word of God. I will say out of everything I did of, you know, being a mom and homeschooling for 27 years, the thing I am most thankful about is the time we spent memorizing the word of God. Mm. And to just know that God's word is powerful. And as we, whether it's through song, through pictures, through hand motions, through just repetition, but as a parent teaches your kids to memorize the Bible, it also keeps the mom and dad in the word of God because you are, you know, you're, you're spending time going over the word of God. And so you're thinking about the word of God, you're explaining what it means And as you get the word of God into your memory, where it goes, you know, just from from our head down into our heart, it's like it goes down into long-term storage. And it is then there where even when our kids grow up, we know that the word of God is there, hidden in their hearts and in their memory, even like songs, like scripture songs and worship. It goes into a different part of your memory that can come back up at times of need. It can come back up when our children are sleeping in the middle of the night as grownups. And just to realize that memory of the word of God and true worship, and and even just to realize that when you mess up during the day, like don't don't fake it. Like we, we don't want to have a fakey Christianity. It 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 you know we uh, you know, it's something where we're exasperated. And so, you know, something comes out to go to our kids and just like, I am so sorry. I, I was wrong for how I spoke right then. And I just ask you to forgive me. You know, all have sinned. Mommy has sinned. We, we have all missed it and we all need Jesus. Mm-hmm. And as children see 
us having that humble heart that is willing to say, you know, we're not perfect, to not shame our children when they disobey, but just to realize, you know, we all have sinned and we need to just be sorry from our heart and ask God to forgive us. So some of those things, to worship, to pray, to get the word of God in our life and to not be parenting from a fear-based parenting or from a shame-based parenting, but to rely on God's grace can be really, really helpful. Oh, absolutely. And you know, we were we were talking before about how we are we are called to be lights in this world. We are called to make a difference. And we've seen through the years how obedient families, families that are truly mission-minded, who are trying to disciple and train their children well, who are growing together and 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 walking worthy of the calling that God has given them, the impact that they make in their neighborhoods, in their churches, in their communities is really profound because they shine as a light in the world. And it is it it's important that we don't forget how God can use even our unit, even as young people, God can use us to shine as lights for him in just as, even in the process of growing. He, we don't have to wait till they're grown up to see yes. God use them. We can see God use them at a very young age. Yeah. You know, there's this current documentary on Amazon Prime that is shiny, happy people that is, you know, kind of, um, it can be kind of like a hit piece against, you know, a, a lot of what were, uh, you know, homeschooling and conservative values and pro-life. And, but at the, the, the title, shiny, happy people, we are called to shine. Mm-hmm. And God has called us to bring the greatest good news of all times to others. The show did show some challenges of fear-based parenting and some of the patriarchal extremes that were limiting to women and to daughters and things like that. But I just know that as believers, we are called to shine in this dark world and not with the fakey, superficial, let's just shine on the outside and nobody knows what's going on in on the inside. No, God wants for us from the depth of who we are for the light to come in and get rid of the darkness at the depth of who we are and to shine for Jesus in this world. There's a couple homeschooling families that I just admire so much. Uh, one is Joy Deshari. Uh, she and her husband, Joel, they have a ministry called Commission Mankind. And this week they've got seven kids homeschooling. They are in Kenya right now. They're there for about half of the year, and they just built this beautiful well for a village in Kenya. And just a couple of days ago, they had this glorious baptism service, and even one of their own children were baptized. And just to know that we can shine for Jesus. I have another friend whose name is Lydia. Lydia is a mother of nine. She's from Chinese descent. Her and her husband grew up in Malaysia in families that worshiped idols. Mm-hmm. They came to the United States. I'm not sure when they got married, if they got married in Malaysia or got married here, but they're first generation Christians. And over the years, as Lydia and her husband Samuel have been homeschooling their children and just like, Lord, what can we do? with a big family right now in this moment. 
And I began doing some work and discipleship with Lydia several years ago. And it was just beautiful. She just started by being more and more disciplined with training and teaching her children in the ways of the Lord. And then she's like, okay, what do I have in my hand? And she's like, well, I, I can speak Chinese. That's like not normal in the United States. And I'm connected to all these random relatives over in Malaysia that don't know Jesus. And so she began just sharing the gospel and even just sharing her family on Facebook and often sharing things in Chinese. She even took a simple little tool called the Three Circles. It's a little gospel witnessing tool. And she translated it into Chinese and put it available online. But this last week, oh, oh, and then the last couple of years, Lydia started going to the Walmart parking lot once a week during um, the older kids would watch the younger kids and she'd go to the Walmart parking lot. She had a little sign that said, little heart said Jesus, and she'd just start talking to people. But she did this every week. And I think she did it for like 120 weeks in a row. And uh, then other people started joining her. They were seeing people coming to Jesus and just beautiful, beautiful things happening. Well, the last couple months, Samuel and Lydia and their nine children have been in Malaysia. And she's been sharing the gospel and building relationships with her loved ones and her family and her mother and she did have a couple of her relatives uh, receive Jesus and were baptized in a bathtub. And it's just so incredibly inspiring. Oh, that is, that's, it's amazing. And the way that God can use exactly what he's put in our hand should just strengthen our trust in him, should just make us stand more in awe of him and should remove any kind of excuses that we have because the God who makes no mistakes is the one who put those things in our hands to begin with. So that is how we open our hands and just let him use exactly what he's given us, where he's planted us as we're living all in for him. Yeah. Something John says is that you can only export what you grow at home. Mm. And so if we're going to export the gospel to the nations, we need to start off right now by just discipling our children at home. And I have a little picture here. I don't know if you can see that or if it's clear. You probably can just see it, the whole bunch of kids. And we had seven children and they're now all grown up. They're all married, 17 grandkids. So right now there's 33 people in our immediate family. And we have children that have gone on mission trips. I know you have as well, Leslie. We have our Daughter, our son and daughter-in-law, they started a ministry in India and Nepal where they are planting churches and they have a couple Bible schools over there, 70 orphan children that their ministry is taking care of. And it's just beautiful how as we plant seeds and, you know, the biggest seed is the word of God, the true word of God, where God says, you know, go into Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And then he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That word is powerful. Mm-hmm. It's so, so true. We are almost out of time. And I could, I could, we could chat about this indefinitely. But before we run out of time, I want you to give us, you gave us three of those keys for mission-minded families. I want you to at least give us an overview of the other four so that we can all kind of write them down. And then if there's a place where we can get more information or, or kind of deep dive more into that, I want you to tell us where that is too. 
Okay, so see the cross, see the need, see the end. Then number four, aim your arrows. Hmm. All right, we are to aim our arrows for the bullseye of God's purpose. We are to find your passion. Talking about the passion of the cross, but also your unique passion as a family. How has God uniquely designed you to live by faith, not by fear? And then lastly, say yes to Jesus. And we have a complete video series completely free on at missionmindedfamilies.org slash seven dash keys. So missionmindedfamilies.org slash seven dash keys. And there are, uh, there's videos and outlines and worksheets that you can use for your own family or for small groups or for churches to be able just to teach and train your kids. We have children's books. We have our mission minded families book, uh, all sorts of different resources. We have a, a children's 3D kids course for raising, daring, doing disciples. We have a course that is like for families or teenagers on rock solid. Hmm. Also encourage amazing ministries like the, the Bible project or the alpha course or, you know, there's all kinds of different resources that we want to just encourage families to be grounded in the word of God, solid in the gospel and just diligent right now, right where you are at. A heart for global missions begins here at home, and God's mission is for your family to expand his family. Yes. Amen. Amen. It is it is his mission that we live all in for him, and the way that he uses our faithfulness and our, our pursuit of him so often overflows into our children, and it is amazing to see him work. And thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It has, as always, been a joy and a pleasure. It's a blessing, Leslie. God bless you all. To everyone else, thank you guys for spending the time with us today. We tell you all the time or we remind you the Great Commission starts right at home. Anne has given us some great ideas today for ways to invest in our own personal growth, but then allow that to overflow into our children. Let our children see the work that God is doing in us, the vision that he has given us to reach the world, to reach our communities, to serve other people in his name, to show his love to those who need it so desperately. That will impact them greatly, and that will give them a really, really solid foundation for their own faith, their own relationship with him and their own mission as they start getting more independent in the days to come. Have a great rest of your day. I know we've given you lots to think about. I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more. So check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. Mm-hmm.